Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. If there's one advantage that we have today that hunters did not have 100 years ago, it is trail cameras. And on this episode, I'm going to talk about the seven best things about trail cameras to help you be a better hunter, and more importantly, enjoy hunting more. Hey, welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to talk about the seven best things about trail cameras. Now, I should put a disclaimer out there at the beginning. You do not need trail cameras to hunt. They are not indispensable. And if they've become indispensable to you, you may want to reconsider how you're using them and what you, how, you're, how you're strategizing and, and your woodsmanship. And They're not indispensable, but they are a great tool both to hunt better and to enjoy hunting more. So... What are the seven best things about trail cameras? Well, number one, and I put this head and shoulders above everything else on the list, trail cameras are fun. They are fun. They are, in my opinion, the most fun part of hunting in the off season. Year round, you can use trail cameras. They are just a great way to see what is going on in the woods. I just, every time I go and I check a camera and I pull the card, there's a little bit of excitement. There's a little bit of anticipation. Usually, I'm, you know, I'm going to take it home, put it in my computer. I'm going to go through everything that's on it thoroughly. But I cannot help myself but to plug it in my mobile reader, plug it into my phone, and just look at a couple photos or videos right then. Just to get a sense of what's going on. You know, how many are there? Are there any big bucks? Are there any turkeys? Are there any anything that I can see in the first few pictures that I just randomly scroll through and pick? It's just a little bit of excitement. 
And it's that excitement 52 weeks a year. 52 weeks a year. Now, maybe you don't check it every week. Maybe you maybe check it every other week. Whatever it is. 26 weeks a year. You know, it's but there is this excitement and this fun about it. What's going on in the woods? What deer are out there? What other animals are out there? <coughs> hey, there's a fox. Hey, there's two squirrels fighting. You know, whatever it might be. It is just fun. And I think I would do it just because of the fun factor, even if I didn't hunt. Maybe not, I don't know, but it's that much fun that, you know, it is worth doing just for the fun factor. Number two, you're able to get a buck census in an area. So how do you decide where to hunt? Well, you look for sign and... You know, you look for footprints, you look for droppings, you look for rubs, you look for scrapes, you look for signs the deer are there, period. You look for signs the bucks are there, period. And you can be really good at that, and you can be skilled at that, but at the end of the day, you still don't know what bucks and how many bucks. You know, you might have a really big um, rub on a tree, just deer just really tore its antlers into that tree and you can tell that's probably a bigger buck but is it how big is it is it a three-year-old is it a six-year-old i mean you know is it a six point is it a ten point is there just one is there five you know something you just don't know You, you when you're scouting you just you, you can tell enough to know that there are bucks around. Maybe there's a mature buck around, but you just can't figure out exactly what. So a trail camera enables you to get a census. So for example, I was pulling cards yesterday. And, at, and on one trail camera in two weeks, I had eight different bucks. Eight different bucks. I named each one of them. I just retitled the file name to put the name of that buck on him. I just named him on the spot. You know, I had, you know, all, just all kinds of a goofy little names, just things that I would remember that are descriptive about the antlers. And I could go back and I just know, you know, each one of them. And you're able to get a census. And I know which ones are now my target bucks. Right, I know which ones that, that I'm looking for in the woods, which ones that I'm actually after. You know, if you have no idea, then you you pretty much you have no reason other than one, shoot the first thing that you see, or two, hold out for that big buck that may not exist. Right? Which one do you do? How do you know what, what which one of those to pick? You just shoot the first illegal buck you see. Or do you shoot no bucks that season because you're waiting for the one, which you don't even know if it's out there. You just, you're hoping there's a monster buck out there. Or do you have some realistic way to know what's around? So there's this, there's a really nice eight point that I've been looking at. Um, I've got a number of photos over a number of weeks, been able to, to pin him all the way back until I want to say uh, early May. Okay, that's him. His antlers grew faster than everyone else's. He had more points faster than anyone else had, and they grew bigger than anyone else's grew. 
And like that is a really, really nice buck. And it's not just that, you know, I'm just going to pass on every buck in the woods hoping that the super buck is out there. But I know this one's out there. I've seen him. I've named him. I know he's around. Now there's a couple other ones on my list. I said, you know what? That's a nice one there. Not quite as big when that's a nice one there. And I will, I will, my plan, again, not every plan goes the way you plan it, but my plan is to take the first one of that list of target bucks. So, you know, I'm not someone who can hunt 45 to 50 sits a year. I don't have that kind of time. You know, you got limited time. I'm not a full-time professional hunter. So, you know, I need to have a strategy, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to, can't be that picky. Don't want to be that picky. Not interested in hunting that many times and without getting anything. But the first buck that comes by that's in, you know, that's one of those target bucks or is as big as one of those target bucks. And they're not all huge bucks. Like I would say only one of them is really a huge buck. And that's that one eight point. Huge for our area. And that's another thing. This is a sidebar, but it's worth mentioning. You know, the size of a deer is relative to the area. Some people are waiting for a four and five year old buck to walk by their tree stand. And there are no four and five year old bucks in their, in their area, in their part of the state. It's just not, it's just not reasonable to be looking for that. Three and a half year old might be the oldest average age of a mature buck in that area. And that's not really even a mature buck, but three and a half year olds might be the biggest bucks in that area, just based on all kinds of factors. Uh, hunting pressure, habitat, you know, disease, predators, whatnot. And you need to have, there's bucks live in, there's a pyramid structure. So if you want to have a four-year-old buck, you've got to have so many three-year-old bucks for one of them to survive and be healthy the next year. If you want to hunt a three-year-old buck, you need so many two-year-old bucks for one to survive and make it to the next year. And of course, you're hunting a two-year-old buck and there needs to be so many one-year-old bucks and then there needs to be so many does and fawns that survive and make it to the next year. So it's a pyramid. If you get a four and a five or a six-year-old buck in an area, then there are so many five and four and three-year-old bucks, just more and more of each category. It's very rare that you just have a couple mature bucks and then there's nothing, you know, nothing in the two to three-year-old range. It's more, it's usually a pyramid. So you know, the numbers and the ratios all determine, but depend on where you are and, and all those other factors that I mentioned. But just say, for example, okay, if you want to have a three-year-old buck, you need to have four two-year-old bucks. If you want to have a four-year-old buck, you need to have four three-year-old bucks. So if you do the math down there, downward, if you want to have a four-year-old buck on that, in that area, you've got to have a dozen younger ones in order just to get enough to survive and live that long to exist. So trail cameras help you figure out what's really out there. And the deer that I'm after this year, I think as a three and a half year old buck, might be a four and a half. You know, hard to say. I'm, I'm not that big of an expert when it comes to judging, you know, age and weight and so on. Uh, I don't have hundreds of photos of this buck to really be able to look at the muscle structure and skeleton and everything else and compare it against photos. But he's a three and a half or a four and a half. He's, I don't think he's any older than that, but he's certainly in that, in that range. 
And in my area, that's a big buck. And I think there are, there's two others, I think, that are on my list, on the watch list right now. And they are two and a half or three and a halfs. And like I said, if any one of those walks in front of my tree stand, I know those are the three biggest bucks that I've got tabs on. Now, of course, you get closer to the rut. Anything can happen. Bucks can go miles in a day. You can see bucks during the rut that have never walked on your property ever before and may never walk on it again. And, you know, I'm not that picky. If, if, if I see anything that is, you know, anywhere close to, to that range, um, then I'm, you know, I'm going for it. But I know at least what's reasonable, what, what a reasonable expectation is for my area because I got a trail camera out there. So you're able to do a buck census. Number three, you're able to determine movement patterns. You can tell by sign that's on the ground and so on, you know, that there are deer here. You can tell where they go to some degree of accuracy, but you can't really determine patterns. You can't determine, you know, are they here every day? You can't determine, are they going this way or that way? You know, with a little bit you can, you can see, okay, this deer walked this way because of the, the shape of the footprint, but you can't determine, are they coming, is it, they going back and forth every day? Is it every other day? Is it every week? You, you really, you can't figure that out well without a trail camera. So you're able to determine patterns and patterns enable you to hunt. If there's a, you want to hunt patterns if you can you can you know these deer come through here every day or every other day or even every third day but you know several times a week this buck or these bucks or these deer or even these turkeys for that matter however whatever you're hunting you can determine patterns and you want to hunt those patterns if you can you can determine number 4 movement times oh let me tell you how helpful that is you know, who loves getting in a deer stand at four in the morning and staying in there till seven o'clock at night? Not me. Not me. I want to hunt the morning or the evening. I do not want to hunt both the same day. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say I'll never do it again, but it is not my, it is not my preferred plan to ever hunt the whole day let alone the whole day, multiple days in a row. That is just tiring. It's taxing. You get sore. It's not as fun anymore, which is the number one reason that we do this. Well, that I do it anyway, because it's fun. And the number one thing trail cameras help you do, number one, remember, have fun. And so if I can determine movement times, that's not just strategic and functional. That is fun because I know these deer are usually here at seven in the morning, six, seven, eight o'clock. So I know that's a morning sit. I know these deer over here maybe are usually there right before dark. So I know that's an evening sit. If I really want to have an intense day, I can go out for a morning sit at this stand because I know the deer are usually there in that area. If there's no deer by lunchtime, I can leave, go, get myself a burger and a milkshake, go to the bathroom, whatever I want to do, come back a couple hours later to a different spot for an evening sit, because I know the deer are usually there in the evening. If you know deer are usually there in the morning, there's no sense to stay there till the end of the day, especially if you know that at the end of the day, they're usually somewhere else. 
And likewise, if you know the deer are in a spot at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense to be there in the morning too. If you want to hunt the whole day, then you should be hunting places where the deer usually are at that time of day. You've got the best chance for success, the best chance to make the most of that opportunity. So very rarely is an all-day sit something I would advise. Maybe at the peak of the rut, because deer can move all hours of the day from anywhere. It's like the Wild West, and for a few days a year, an all-day sit might be reasonable. But otherwise, you're better served hunting the deer when you know they're going to be there because you got a trail camera and you're able to determine not just the census, not just the movement patterns, but the movement times. Number five, you get an extra set of eyes with every trail camera. So if you have one trail camera, you have one extra set of eyes. If you have two cameras, you've got two extra set of eyes. If you've got 100 cameras, you have probably more eyeballs than you can keep track of. And I don't know how anybody even looks at that many cards and figures out what's on that property. But I guess if you had 100 trail cameras, you'd probably pay somebody to go through them and look at the pictures or videos and find you the best ones. I don't know. How many cameras do you really need? Well, you don't need any, but I recommend you have a couple. You know, I think having two or three is great. Having one is way better than zero. Um, you know, that's 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 an issue of finances. That's not really, you know, it's it's how many good spots do you have for one? That's a question. And then how many places do you have to hunt? You know, I've got one property where I've got two cameras. I want to put a third, but that's uh, you know that's tied up in the budget right now. Once I get some budget, you know, moved around, then I'll get a third camera. But I've got places now for those cameras. I was clearing brush, breaking trail, setting some stuff up. Now I want to see, okay, are deer using that area? So I got to either move a camera that I have, which I don't want to do at this point, this close to the season, or I can get another one. So haven't had the cash to get another one quite yet, but that's in the plan. Maybe later in the season, maybe Christmas time, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, you're, you're able to get more sets of eyes. So what I, what I, the one thing I recommend is if you've got a tree stand in an area or, or a blind, you ought to have a camera in that area. And really, you ought to have the camera there before you put the tree stand or the blind there to figure out, is that a good place to put a, to, to put a tree stand? So, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean you have to keep a camera there, but what I like to do, and again, I don't have enough cameras to do this yet, but what I like to do is, you know, I've got a camera on every tree stand or hunting blind spot, and then I will check all the cameras, and based on that data, I'll figure out where the best place to set up for every hunt is. But at this point, I've got more spots than I do cameras. Um, you know, not every spot is fancy or costs a lot of money, but cameras can. So eventually, hopefully, I'll get to the point where I've got more cameras in the arsenal, and I'm able to, to, to fully walk out that strategy. But I can tell you this, opening day... Am I going to hunt in a place where I have no camera and no idea what deer are there when they're there? Or am I going to hunt out of a blind or a stand where I do have a camera and I do have an idea of what's there and at what time? You better believe I'm not going to just shoot in the dark and 
pick the spot I have no idea. I'm going to pick one of the ones where I know what's around there and when it's around there. So number six of the best seven best things about trail cameras, you're able to hunt with more confidence and hunt better. The better goes without saying. Everything before this is about better. When, where, what's around, what to expect. But the better, the, the, the biggest thing to me is you're able to hunt with more confidence. So if I go out into, an, into a spot that I've got no camera on, I have no idea what's around there, how often or how many or any of that, I have no confidence beyond just whatever sign I can see when I'm scouting. But I have no confidence that there's going to be deer there in the morning, in the afternoon, or their bucks, or their big bucks. I've got no confidence. And that wears on you as you sit there for hour after hour. Whereas if I know that there are target bucks around, or turkeys around, or whatever you're hunting, if I know that the, the quarry that I'm after is around here, and I know every day or every couple days it is in this spot, and this time or, or at one of these times, I've got confidence to be patient. I've got confidence to sit there. I know that the game is on. I know that the deer exists. Have, have you ever hunted deer in a place where you didn't even know if they exist, if any deer even live in that area? Do you have any idea, you know? Well, it's kind of disheartening because you could hunt all day and night for several days and there may not even be deer that live in that area. It could be devoid of deer. Who knows? Or just may not be any bucks in that area. It might be a doe area and you just wouldn't know. So you get confidence. And when you're sitting there, you know, when it comes up on hour number five and your back's starting to hurt and you're like, you know, should I just leave and go get a, go take a nap and get a snack, get some lunch, or should I stick it out a few more hours? Well, if you know that the bucks are in the area, or you know that the deer are in that area, you know they're around, you know they walk in front of that spot, it gives you the confidence to say, this is a good investment of time. You know, and there may, there's no guarantee you're ever going to see anything, let alone shoot it, but you know they're around, you know this is not a lost cause. And those thoughts will come. They will, they will come. This is a lost cause. There's nothing here. There are no deer. There are no bucks. Blah, blah, blah. All those thoughts will come. And if you have the confidence from your scouting and your cameras to know that they're around and they're around with some regularity, even if you didn't see them, you know they're there. And I think that's one of the best things about turkey hunting in the spring is that you hear them gobble off the roost. You know the turkeys are around. You at least know they are around somewhere. You may not see one. You may not get one. But if you hear turkeys gobble in the morning, you know turkeys are around. And that gives you the confidence that you need to stick it out and to know that you've got a chance. And number seven of the seven best things about trail cameras is they keep you in the woods year round. This maybe is the number one. I don't know. When that fun's the biggest, maybe this should have been number two, but I saved it for the end. Trail cameras keep you in the woods year round. They constantly give you a reason to go out into the woods. They give you a reason to put your boots on. They give you a reason to go outside. They give you a reason to look around and start thinking hunting thoughts and, and looking at 
tracks and looking at trails and they just give you a reason to get out there and then who knows what else might happen or you might do while you're out there all of a sudden you start having fun because you're outside and you start getting a plan or an idea or a scheme so they keep you in the woods year-round and that's the best the beauty of hunting things other than deer is because there's always something in season or coming up or something to keep an eye on but even when it comes to deer I don't know about where you live but where I live I saw deer with antlers on them up until late um, late March, early April this year. They did not all drop their antlers even in April. The first week of April, I think it was, I saw a buck that still had two antlers. First week of April. I'm getting ready for turkey season. They're, st- they're supposed to start growing them again at that point of the year. But, you know, this year you had 11 months of, of antlers, right? Because... In, in mid to late April, they start growing, and by by May, you 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 get a sense actually for okay how big are they who's who, how big might they get you start to to get those a little bit of those inklings, so I mean literally there were like eleven months of antlers on trail cameras this year really cool stuff not usually the way that it goes, but it's fun, it's fun to see okay where are they after the season's over. What's going on as spring comes about? When do they actually move into this area or move out of this area? You're able to learn, not just for hunting, you're able to learn about the animals. What do they do? How do they behave? How do they interact with each other? It's just fun stuff. It's cool. It keeps you in the woods. So uh, there's a lot of technical stuff about cameras, what features are important, what matters. That's not for this episode. But I did put some of that in the show notes for this episode. For this episode on the website, you can go to newhuntersguide.com, check out the show notes. I put some specs in there, some things to look for, some things that are important. Um, Just some real, real, real high-level basic stuff that can help you out. Just things that I've learned. Uh, I'll give you the most important one now. People ask, okay, what are the the most important features on a trail camera? Is it trigger speed? Is it pixels? Is it, you know, megapixel size? Is it, you know detection range, detection cone, detection arc, uh, storage capacity, reset time. What's the most important features? Number one is warranty. Most important feature on a trail camera is the warranty. Because the number one thing that happens with trail cameras is they break or deteriorate or just stop working well after a year or two. And you want a camera that has a warranty that guarantees you several years of use and I like to keep mine out year-round because they have warranties and guarantees you several years of use and trail camera companies don't warranty don't put good warranties on junk cameras they do not put good warranties on junk cameras so if the camera has a good warranty chances are all the other specs and gear and features are up to par as well so you by getting that one thing you can figure that out so Till next time, head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. God bless you guys, and go get them in the woods.